Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 119, Episode 5 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially, off the top, fuck the Koch brothers and fuck Fox News. It's Friday, February 7th, 2020. My name's Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Oh, oh, O'Brien. Oh, oh, O'Brien. Oh, oh, O'Brien. The Zeitgeist. I thought it was going to be this in O'Brien. O'Brien. That is courtesy of Simone Henry Utek. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray. It's all Zeit. It's all Zeit. All Zeit. He drinks cold brew every day. And I think that was inspired by the last. Uh, what was that? The midday zeitgeist we did. Thank you to Johnny Davis for yeah. that. You know, you two inspired AKA. You two? I would love to do uh, lemon. Yeah. Lemon. Lemon. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure the the zeitgeist will make it happen. Miles. Yeah. We're going on the road with our time machine mm-hmm. and our super producer Anna Hosnier. Mm-hmm. and some special guests. We're going to be in Brooklyn at the Bell House on February 12th with Daniel O'Brien. Uh, Washington, D.C., February 13th at the Miracle Theater with Natalie McGill. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis, February 25th at the Parkway Theater with P.O.S. Oh, boy. Chicago, February 27th at Sleeping Village with Dan Van Kirk. Oh, boy. And we are going to be in Toronto, the grand finale, February 28th at the Great Hall. Secret special guests. Maybe. Wow. I don't know. Or not. Or, or not. We're panic booking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, man. Don't well, reveal yeah. your secrets. I guess if Drake bails. If he then... bails, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> right. I'll well, have... I mean, Frank Ocean already bailed. Then we got Drake. And yeah. And if it's... not, I, I unfortunately, we may have to have Kanye. Right. So we'll Ugh. see. Oh, boy. God. What a nightmare. And it's going to be church. Uh, Sorry. For tickets, go to dailyzeitgeist.com. Uh, go to the live appearances tab. Buy them. We're thrilled to be joined in our third seat mm-hmm. by the hilarious and talented co-host mm-hmm. of the podcast, The Greatest. He is Mr. CJ Toledano. How's it going, everybody? What's up, man? Thank you for Welcome. having me. I, 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 was aware, I was made aware that I'm part of the family now. You are. You are, because you like Lola Bunny. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. Megan was in here talking that talk. You know, I I love Lola Bunny. Yeah. You say you like Lola Bunny. I'm like, okay, we're, we're thinking the same. Yeah, it's mm. weird that my type was that, but you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm Asian. I like anime. There you go. <laughs> Uh, what's good, man? How, Not how you much. Been? It's uh, it's been a wild few weeks. Um, and every day has its own story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but um, <laughs> just wrapped up in yeah, uh, NBA trade deadline stuff is happening today. So yeah. I had I'm, I'm like I got to put that aside in my head for other more important stuff. Right. Sure. It seems like that's how my life usually goes. But today is is one of those days. Yeah. Uh, yesterday we got some. Uh, we got the D'Angelo Russell trade. Uh, to D'Angelo for Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't even know who got the best of that. Um, yeah, Minnesota did. TBD. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like the the Warriors are getting back everyone in the next few months. Right. So it's not D'Angelo's amazing. I don't yeah. think it's his. It just wasn't a fit. Yeah, it's like they were they were gonna have him for this first half of the season to sort of you know keep him in it, but they just lost it early. So yeah. There's no use. And don't he's waste his talent. they needed a good point guard in Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, him and Carl uh, Anthony Towns are homies. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. That'll, that'll be interesting. Uh, I'm interested to see how that how that works out. 
you were rocking your Lays- your Lakers uh, windbreaker. You're rocking your Osmosis <laughs> Jones hat. hat. Uh, it's it's Listen, more I, iconic. Yeah. I, well, I, I like to say I dress like an undercover high school student. But, um, <laughs> Who didn't get the memo? They're like, yeah. oh, that shit came out in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> like my wardrobe has stayed the same. But um, yeah, it's my way of connecting to the younger audience. See, I thought it was, but then they're like, what's Osmosis Jones? Yeah. 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 like, oh, okay, okay, Boomer. Yeah, exactly. You don't know? <laughs> okay, Boomer, you don't know. <laughs> it's actually hip with like... Uh, high school sophomores right now. Yeah, is, uh, the it's one of the lesser joke. known it's Fairly like Brothers projects. <laughs> right. Uh, awesome. Well, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we are gonna talk about what's happening on today's show. Uh, Coach Dave mm-hmm. has some things to say about that Super Bowl halftime show. Yes, that has haunted the memories. It's of, haunted uh, his penis. <laughs> many a man, I think. I think. It, I think it was impactful. On yeah, but he is. He, his life is. They. You know. He, this. He speaks for us all. These he clips, speaks for man. us all, Miles. I'm gonna go out and say he, he was like for us all. the NFL put me at risk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is like the ultimate compliment to a show that was trying to be provocative. That they're like that should be illegal. I'm suing like, y'all. Yo, J-Lo and Shakira should be very proud of yeah. what they have done uh, to the middle-aged man uh, consciousness. Uh, we're going to talk about how uh, Biden's not freaking out. You're freaking out, man. Yeah, man. Uh, the DNC is calling for a re-canvassing. They might also be freaking out, man. Uh, we're going to talk about how the mainstream media covered Trump's acquittal uh, in yesterday's newspapers. Uh, he... Yeah, he he got the victory he was looking for. He held that shit up like a WWE belt, right? <laughs> like he was like acquitted, well, like at this. They prayer put breakfast. it in like five, like I don't know what point font, like twenty five point font on yeah. the cover of all the newspapers, like it was in doubt. Like it, I don't know, it, it was he he got his own uh, Dewey defeats Truman picture with him holding up the the. Cover of the USA Today, and it's a real bummer. Uh, We're going to talk about the guy responsible for that Pepsi, my favorite marketing campaign of all time, the Pepsi logo redesign, because he also uh, had something to do with Tropicana's uh, carton redesign, which is something I remember from uh, grocery store shelves, and it was a disaster. Uh, Netflix's Oscar campaign. The Oscars are coming up this weekend. We'll talk about all that more. But first, CJ, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Well, uh, literally the last thing, and I hate to talk about basketball again, but I just watched that. It just premiered last night that All That Smoke show. Do you know that? Uh, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes host a show. Okay. Yeah. And it's literally the the one, I think, interview show. Maybe this this other uh, podcast, Knuckleheads. But like they sat KD down, and I think KD is a fascinating guy, um, and I, uh, I think he's going against a lot of what the athlete is supposed to be um, these days. And I think Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes got a lot out of him last night. And uh, yeah, that was the last thing I, I, I searched for and watched last night. Huh. Oh, it's a TV show. It's- yeah. Well, it was originally a podcast where right. they would smoke, um, which they thought was like the whole premise. Um, <laughs> but uh, like most podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 
And then, then they have a, a, an athlete guest, usually one of like their old NBA buddies. And now Showtime has picked it up, and they don't really you know, show them smoking. Um, and I think those guys <laughs> realize that's not what we were tuning in for. It's right. more of a candid conversation. So, um, yeah. yeah. That's, that's interesting. What are they smoking? Uh, you know, marijuana. Oh, okay. Just making yeah. sure. Oh, wow. Conversation that's starters. That's what's in those water yeah. pipes? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I thought those tobacco. cigars were shaped a little funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, do they, does it still give you the impression that they might be high? Um, no. I mean, I think that more so I've found out that every NBA player I've ever liked in the last 20 years has been high at some point when I was watching them. Right. You yeah. Know? yeah. It's like everyone's just laid back, thing, you know. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, it's how we relax. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, what is something you think is overrated? So, streaming cable services. Now, I don't want to step on any sponsors, if any sponsors are. All right, we'll no. let you know. We'll let you okay. know. Okay. But just like I mean, it's like a, a, been a complaint of the last you know few years. Everyone you know, sling YouTube TV, any of those. Yeah. No. I'm just joking. <laughs> 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 uh, no, 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 no. Direct TV no. now. All oh, those. Oh, oh, is that, is that oh, one? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm so we love them. We love them. We love them. iHeart Radio TV. Bye. No, I'm just. No, that's actually cool. Uh, we're <laughs> we agree. Um, but yeah, I just I've changed. I've I've subscribed and unsubscribed so many goddamn times my wife is mad at me because i said i wanted to just get regular cable and it's caused rifts in our home life uh, um yeah. and i just don't know like i guess the um the overrated is the cutting the cord um trend it's uh it's ugh. just bad because there's no like you end up back where you started yes yeah. yes it's funny i've so look i will talk that shit about direct tv now which is now at&t tv yeah. now what a fucking ripoff. Oh, come and on, man. They're still, I love AT&T. They're punching now, me in the fucking TV. throat constantly. Every I feel like every month they're like, oh, hey, man, we're going to squeeze you for another five. We're going to yeah. squeeze you for another ten. Wait, and I really? don't know where to go. You know, the, Their streaming service at, like ups the price? Oh, yeah. Yo, I got in on DirecTV now when they were promoting it like two years ago. And they're like, please, what? please come through. It's yeah. 30 bucks a month. And you'll get like over 100 channels. I'm, tell me why I'm at 60 bucks a month now. Because I'm a fool. What happens is, uh, in, in you know those privacy agreement emails that you get that right. you don't open? Yeah. They like hide it in like the 18th line. Like, we're also right. going to charge you an extra 10 bucks because we see you're enjoying it so That's much. That's interesting because we have such low expectations from a direct TV. We know they will just like change what you're paying yeah. like on a month to month basis. But like streaming, if like Netflix tried that shit, that would be like front page news. Everybody would be freaking the fuck yeah. out. But because they're like associated with DirecTV as a streaming platform, we're just like, yeah, that's what DirecTV. I don't does. know, man. Everybody's told me, you know, look, if y'all got a Plex login, hit me up, bro. Yeah. Let me get in on your Plex <laughs> server. Let me figure out like what. I guess I could use YouTube TV. Uh, people have recommended a lot of things, right? But and then I got Spectrum. They're calling me up. They're like, hey, man, you want to try out our thing? I'm right. like, no, bro, because I can't watch that anywhere. I have to be on my home Wi-Fi yes. network. Get the fuck out of here. Right. I need to watch Night Day Fiance in a bathroom if I have to. <laughs> Plexa, time so, yeah. to have, and then uh, all the cable channels have their own like their own app on the the Apple TV. Or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I don't still know what it to becomes do. confusing. Yeah. You know what would be dope is if each like you could just put in a number on your TV and it would take you to a streaming provider that was already playing the shit that that streaming yeah. provider yeah. provides. Whoa, that would be dope. 
All right. Like well, so they'll do that, and then they will <laughs> like take cable something away. Yeah. Brit. Yeah. yeah like, go exactly to this cable. channel where I want there to be music television. Yeah. <laughs> stealing is is is, is the best. You right. Stealing Google is the new it. wave. Yeah. Yes. Stealing has always just stayed strong, consistent. You steal. You want something, and you go and steal it. You have it. Yeah. Boom. You they, can't beat that. It's system. the American way. Yeah. yeah. And don't tell me otherwise with everything I've seen. <laughs> just have some cable wires coming in through your window like oh, uh, hell yeah like, <laughs> like in the wire exactly <laughs> i think also the two because you know netflix is investing so much money to figure out how to do away with us striminals yeah people squatting on like you know sharing the fucking uh login information like it's the last couple hits of a blunt like, I, just take a little bit like don't don't let them know but when they figure that out they know like that's yeah. gonna triple their business because they're gonna be like ha ha we know we know who you are now, mm-hmm. and this is, is not Karen's uh, Netflix account. Is there going to be a point where Netflix realizes? Because that seems like a remarkably responsible thing for Netflix to be doing, like the, for them to actually be investing in trying to make their product more, like have more market share. <laughs> well, but I feel like usually, well, we'll talk about it later. But the yeah. way they spend money normally is pretty that cover art business. Right. That's yeah, what yeah. Netflix yeah. is. Right. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? Um, now this is very food. It's all food. It's uh, f- I-, I had Funyuns, air fryers, and cauliflower pizza. Okay. Couldn't decide between any of those, but those, those are the are foods right now that I'm like shouting t- uh, to the heavens. Everyone about. knows Funyuns. That's right. that's accepted. But it has wow. again. It has that stoner. It's just like too associated with stoner culture. And man, I enjoy that as a sober thirty-three-year-old man. Breakfast, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who just exactly. like needs a mid midday snack. Oh, yeah. um, that's my pre-church meal. Yeah, right. <laughs> Body of Christ. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, I brought my own. <laughs> your honor. That's uh, great. Thank right you so your much. Shirt pocket. Father, I brought my own Eucharist today. Uh, and let me just let me take a swig off this just, Steel Reserve Two Eleven. Yeah. All right, you just bring blood. it up there as the blessings happening. Like, I would love if the priest did. He had his own things like, and this one's for me. A yeah. little special right. treat for Daddy. Yeah. Oh, the priest does do that at Catholic masses. He just like cleans out. The goblet. Oh, oh yeah. Yo, and it's then like backwash. Yo, and exactly. <laughs> My favorite part when that I was some dirty the Catholic masses I used to have to go to because uh, I went to Catholic high school. Uh, the end where they have to polish off the communion wine, yeah. and then you yeah. know they have that little the handkerchief that oh, they yeah. used to clean the cup. Yeah, the shit. Sometimes you would see the priest. The shit was running down their mouth, right? Because they were like they were, you know, they were yeah. trying to down that shit too quickly. Other people's <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, let me dab my face a little uh, bit and the cup. I'm like, yeah, that is gross. It is. It is. It, to think about it now, that is gross. Is there a new, more sanitized, sanitary way for 300 people to drink from the same cup? <laughs> yeah, everybody brings their own straw. Yeah, yeah. No, but is it still? I have not. I think been it's to still the either. I I don't know if that is a uh, personal right. I don't know if that's like a personal style. Like some priests like do kill it, where other priests just (laughs) like they all do it. Yeah, right. What you do? Throw out the blood? Right. Uh, Yeah, you can't uh. throw out the sacrament, man. But then after that, it's like if we even got rid of that, then we're all shaking each other's hands. Yeah, right right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, so like. Yeah, don't go to church. Catholics let us know. <laughs> Are they doing it every time? Does everybody go up to drink every time? I, I think it's an No, you option. don't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they offer that at every the mass. The bread is mandatory. The Eucharist. Yeah. Yes. Right, right. It's but all about the wine. Yeah. yeah. It's all about body for me. Body, not blood. Right. And uh, I wonder what kind of body the blood has. Right. we're sipping it like a wine connoisseur. Yeah. It's got mm. tannins. Yeah. yeah. It's got right. a- yeah. It's the carb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I wonder if anybody's ever been like, what kind of red is this? Is you this some Merlot? Your, oh, is like, this? Honestly, I, <laughs> what kind of... What I kind think of, Christ would have wanted me to drink this you Chateau go, Neuf You go to pop. the priest with some notes. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yo. You, it seems like you guys are going with a Pinot Noir. And I mean, that's fine. That sounds like that some shit like that happens in Apple Valley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. And Air Fryer is what? I, I don't know. Is that a new shoe? It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> if not soon, um, it's just a, a deep fryer, but it's all air. And I don't get the technology, but it's for like five-year-olds who, who like will burn down the kitchen. And I, I got it. We got it for our wedding and I've just been putting shit in there. What have you been frying been, up? Or what's been the thing that you've been like, hold the fuck up? Why haven't I been doing this my whole life? Well, see, I have issues with putting cheese, melting cheese in ovens and fryers because it just gets everywhere. Yeah, just it gets everywhere and it catches on fire. Yeah. And this thing is like, it's almost presented the challenge how will you catch this thing on fire? You know what I mean? Like, right there. And it's fast and it's good and they say it's a little bit healthy. And I'm just like, well, because you're not submerging it in hot oil, right? No, it's just hot air. Wait, I probably could look it up. There, wait, so you put a food yes. in the air fryer. Yes. yes. You don't put any oil in? Nothing. You just have to clean it just every like 10, 15, uh, yeah. That is- Cooks. That's wild. It's really crazy in the technology. There is a, a tiny amount of oil. Okay. Okay. Is that, there? That it Where? brings itself? They say it's essentially a amped up countertop convection oven. Okay. Uh, okay. And so that's it facilitates faster cooking because it's smaller- and there's a heating mechanism in a fan, and then the hot. I don't think you have to add it. I guess yeah, maybe there's no oil to it's be just added. from whatever's in there. Got it. Oh, either from way, the food itself. So it's like flash. I guess in this article they're like it like it only requires a tiny amount of oil, yeah. but I don't know if it re- requires it or maybe you just have like a oil tank you got to fill up for yours. What's something you've made in the air fryer that's good? Uh, I make sweet potato home fries, which Ooh. has like been a great substitute for just regular fries, which is another issue for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been making again mozzarella sticks. I've been making. Uh, we had a Super Bowl party, so I put. I was cooking for like forty-five people pizza rolls and just like handing them out. Like, wow! I was serving. making it rain pizza rolls, and, and <laughs> I was the king of the party. Yeah. Are you Filipino? Uh huh. Have you made lumpia in there? Uh, no, but that would kill it in there. It would. Oh, I was yeah. thinking. I'm like, because I love the grease aspect of lumpia, but. I'm What's curious. lumpia? Yeah, it's like a kind of like an egg roll, like a little oh, Shanghai yeah. egg roll. Yeah, 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 but delicious. Yeah, delicious. Uh, Very good. And finally, what Tequila. is a myth? What's something people think is true? You know, to be fair? um, this might be a little too business insidery, but talk show submission packets. Talk show submission. Wow. Packets. Just writing packets. I feel yeah. like yeah, yeah. No one's reading those. Right. No one's going through a, pe- a, a pile and going, hmm, this writer has a good perspective. It's like right. no, I stumbled upon this person on Twitter. Or oh, this person's a friend of mine. I went to college, or they have you know went to. Or the person the I wanted to hire yeah. couldn't do it, and they said no. The homie's probably really good too. Yeah. I'm at right. one meeting. So explain to people who who aren't really savvy about how getting in a room works. Yeah. If to be a writer, yeah. how the packet process works. First of all, generally the business is a myth. Uh, so, <laughs> right. But yeah, so essentially, like people were like, oh, they're reading packets, and the thing is like, no, they have five people on their head. Um, that they are, they know they want to hire, but they put out these packet submissions where they go, you know, write 
10 monologue jokes, write like three desk pieces, write a sketch. Mm. Um, and we're going to pick the best one and hire that person. And it's right. just not, not ever that. how it's gone. Meanwhile, yeah. all the white executive producers are like, okay, we need a woman of color, yes. a gay person, yes. and uh, maybe a black guy. Yeah. And like that's <laughs> right. usually- Who knows those people? And that's right. what they do. And then they go to everybody yeah. in the room mm-hmm. and be like, you know anybody we're good for this? We don't want to hire another white guy. Yeah. Right. So I, I just feel like the application process is a little janky and has been janky and continues needs to be okay. well it's just i think yeah because it's not a meritocracy at the end of the day it's purely yeah. based on your personal connections and yeah. who you know or and sometimes you, people are able to find success completely on their own but yeah. like at a certain point you really do see like damn man some people just have an advantage because they just their paths crossed with so yeah. many people yeah um, do, and you are a writer by trade. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I was, I was in the, for a few years. I was, I was doing those packets. I wrote for Fallon, and then, um, and then I stumbled upon these basketball jobs and sports and creative, and um, yeah, and then just I'm like that. That's more fun and, and more consistent. How'd you get the Fallon job? You guys went to school together. No, yeah. I, you I and went. I, this is a crazy story. I I went. They were in town. The Fallon production team was in town for a Paley Center event, and I Michael Shoemaker, the um, old SNL producer and showrunner of Late Night with Fallon at that time, was there, and I just went up and I was like. Hey, I have a packet. Um, uh-huh. And he's like, and I'm, I'm going to watch you read yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's like, I'm not going to read that. We're going to dinner. And um, and then I was like, okay, well, can I just send it, email to somebody? He's like, no, you can't do that. Um, <laughs> and then so, and then I Facebook messaged him. This is 2011. This is not working right. anymore. Yeah. I right. Facebook messaged him and he responded back at like 1 a.m., kind of drunk, I feel like, because it was like yeah. you know, a lot of grammatical errors and typos. And he was like, you know, whenever we come here and talk about the show, I tear up, even though it's only been on for two years. Um, and he goes, here's my here's my assistant's uh, email address. Get a waiver um, to send in, like, submission stuff. Right. So that you need a waiver so that yeah. they can't be – so you can't, like, sue exactly. them for uh, stealing, stealing a joke mm-hmm. or whatever. And then I, I sent something in, and then I, I got an interview three weeks later, and I got the job. There you go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, it's like – I guess I had a packet, but I had to, like, kidnap a person to read it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And catch them at the right time where yeah. they're vulnerable and drunk enough. Like, right. You know, like, and then, and Why was he – crying reach out my yeah he was just like i don't know he he cheers up because of like the the they were showing like the sizzles in front of like these audiences at the paley center um what the fuck you know i mean it's 1 a.m we've all yeah we've been there you know we had like drunk texts or emails right drunk replies yeah happy about a show which is very admirable yeah all right shout out to her stuff you know yeah (laughs) i turn the lights off i listen to where are you now by justin bieber and skrillex and diplo and i start Mm. tearing up it's a great one uh, all right. Let's talk about some things that we've been crying about lately, Ugh. specifically the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, <sighs> Coach Dave, Coach Miles, Dave. you had to explain who this dude is. <laughs> Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. <clears throat> I found out about him through the homie Jared Holt. Shout out Right Wing Watch. Uh, go to rightwingwatch.org because they always, I'm always looking to see who they're looking after. Mm-hmm. Like they look at very problematic, dark personalities on the right wing media spectrum, and just for me, like. We're, we're, we're telling you what's going on right now. This guy, Doctor or Coach Dave, he is like his whole thing. His show is like him and with a green screen where it has like a stadium behind him. He wears a baseball hat with a fucking cross on it. Yeah, and he's always saying shit about like. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is one of the the like lower thirds on one of his videos. It says male butt sex homosexuality <laughs> is not convenient. I don't know what the fuck convenient? that means. Convenient. Yeah. that's his. Okay, and he'll say shit like yo. 
Christians are choosing to be ignorant, you know, because vaccines could be making people gay. He just has like the right. worst takes. He's yeah. into some just weird far right conspiracy shit. Uh, but always about the he's the religious right though. You know what mm. I mean? Saying that maybe we do need to re-stigmatize homosexuality. Uh-huh. That's his vibe. And so, because vaccines are making people gay. There's that too, so, yeah. obviously. There's obviously. a public health concern. Yeah. Uh so Coach Dave now, he is he is up in arms because for those, I'm sure at this point, most listeners, most of us are familiar with the Super Bowl halftime show with Shakira and J-Lo. You are about to feel the power of Shakira and J-Lo in this man's voice. Yeah. You can see the effect that it had on this conservative man uh, who just wants to preserve traditional values. This is his first, this is the beginning. Like there's a few evolutions to his video about the Super Bowl halftime yeah. show. This is his first part. He starts the video just gobsmacked about yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Were there any warnings before that sh- Super Bowl halftime show? Would that would that halftime show would that have been rated PG? Mm-hmm. Were there any warnings that your twelve-year-old young son, whose hormones are just getting ready, mm-hmm. just starting to operate, mm-hmm. was him any warning about. that he? What he's going to see might cause him to get sexually excited. Yeah, it said TV fourteen, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> TV twelve, not for him. Yeah, but if no, you're fourteen, like it literally said TV fourteen. I noticed that. I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be spicy. <laughs> oh, when the halftime show started? on the halftime show right before it started, you got the Pepsi like halftime show, and then it just like and then you spirited your children screen, out of the room. It said TV fourteen. No, like, like I think three <laughs> to one year olds are too. Like oblivious to yeah. uh, what was going on, to so you can get too excited about. Yeah, they'll that. be like, "Should that elderly woman really be on that pole?" Right. Like, <laughs> what kind of take was that? You can't, you can't swear. So but his, you can show stuff. Like his that. whole thing was basically be like, "This was wrong, okay?" Because then started going to a biblical analysis of like the what the flesh show on display was, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You know what? The NFL is putting me at risk." With these kinds of things that are making me feel all kinds of ways, and he says, "Maybe I should <laughs> sue." The NFL. And then he. this is where it starts gaining some momentum. Could I go into a courtroom and say, viewing what you put on that screen put me in danger of hellfire? <laughs> could the court say, Roger, could the court say That's, that doesn't apply here? That doesn't apply here because pornography, the right to porn overrides your right to watch it. Yeah, but you didn't tell me I was going to watch it. You just brought it into my living room. You didn't tell me. You didn't tell me there were going to be crotch shots. You said, well, you should know better. You should know better because it's J-Lo and whoever that was. You should know. She's an expert in crotch shots. You already know that. No, I, I protect my eyes. I didn't know that about her. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. This conversation that he's having with himself. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering what the context is. Is it just in a well, room? I didn't know. Either. You should have known. It's J-Lo, the queen of crotch shots. Avert your eyes. <laughs> He called Shakira whoever that was. You know, he probably was getting he off to yeah. her of yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Oof. whole idea, though, too, of like, really what he's saying is, I was so sexually aroused by that, and that I've I'm been- furious. I love that part. I actually kind of <laughs> love that he is admitting that he got aroused, and he's not yeah. like, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. It's just like- I got a boner, man, and I I gotta blame somebody. Yeah, right. Like, and I'm I'm looking at Hellfire now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to hell for having watched that. God, um, dog it. It's <laughs> <laughs> the kind of way they swear. Oh, I mean, man. yeah. Uh, good luck to him uh, with that. Is lawsuit. he an actual coach? 
I think he must have coached something, but, like, like his whole coach. vibe is just basically to be like, hey, do you have, like, young men who are impressionable and need a yeah. toxic male to look up to or get yelled at he by? He coaches men away from hellfire. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And look, when you do that and then you got these hellfire pop-ups. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, the whole, whole world's going sideways. My equivalent of that is I Googled Shakira married. That was, that was what I did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he married to a football player. Very, Gerard very Piquet. Young. Ten years younger than her. Shout out to a queen. Wow. Making it. And then the next search, is Jack O'Brien married? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I immediately deleted it. I was like, no. Sarah's going to see that. Scrub the computer. (laughs) Scrub it. Threw my phone in the microwave. And she's searching, is Shakira married? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And all right. So what is the latest that's happening in the Iowa caucuses? Because mm, mm. uh, there, there were some surprises, some late late surprises after after the Democrats reported like 72% that Pete was had a pretty comfortable lead on the delegates. He was up like, you know. Yeah, like two percentage points. Two percentage points. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed like that that's how it was going to end. Pete wins the delegates. Bernie wins the popular votes, uh, but then uh, in a late surge, because Bernie had done something with remote locations or remote caucuses, something like that. Satellite caucuses. Satellite caucuses, much cooler word for it. Uh, (laughs) He had run up the score a little bit on the the late count uh, is is basically what it's looking like. So now they're basically in a virtual tie, a couple of percentage points. And there was- Yeah, it's a- Really odd, the whole thing. Yeah. From it being quite a simple process to work out mathematically to there being all kinds of things like they had to correct some of the results that they put out. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There there was like they said, there will be a minor correction to the last batch of results and we will be pushing an update momentarily. That was after they got to the 85% point. So they had some retweaking to do. What direction did the uh, corrections go? It depends on whose analysis you look at. I'm just trying to, you know, like you have people from every party or every campaign saying they're giving their take on what's happening. Right. Uh, But it just seems like there were issues like with Deval Patrick uh, earning the support of 191 people in the first alignment and then 218 in the final. But those numbers belong to Bernie Sanders. So they're still... They're so, like huh, trying to figure the a bunch of. We're steering things away from Bernie Sanders. That's well, and what's funny too is like even you know I think a lot of people everyone's pissed, right? Probably except for Pete Buttigieg, right? Because if you look at all the yeah. polling going into like all these other primaries, he's not like leading the pack. Um, but I think for other people like Elizabeth Warren or Amy Klobuchar, those people they're also like like Elizabeth Warren's campaign is also like what the fuck is going on. Right. Like you're you're fucking me out of my chance to like have my proper campaign messaging as well. It is great because Pete knew he like didn't stand a chance and everything has been fucked up. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I he's not. Won. Yeah. It's like it's so clearly incorrect. All of this. Yeah. 
And it gives him a, like, look, I get the whole point. I don't actually begrudge him for taking the vagueness to right, spin right. that into a moral victory. Because look, that's that's a campaign at the end of the day. Like, yeah. you're right. gonna do what you got to do. But, I mean, he did win on the delegate, or it's looking like he still might win on the delegates, which is what people have traditionally paid attention to. It's sure. just like, or that, they're gonna end up with the same amount of delegates, like a amount, virtual right. tie. Yeah. I think the, again, the other things that I think even Hillary supporters will also, you know, agree on is that there's also the popular vote argument because i think along the thing that the sanders campaign is to say yeah however the delegates worked out look at the popular votes right because we're actually we were ahead in those um but i think the real again the true victim uh, besides all the people who worked very hard to caucus and all those people working on those campaigns you know is really joe biden okay because he he got a fucking wake-up call uh from him going out there saying like in new hampshire's like look uh, what happened in Iowa was a real gut punch. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm going to keep getting back up. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, the last thing after seeing somebody who's damn near 80 getting gut punched, I do not I do not <laughs> want to see them coming back for more. Yeah. And also, <clears throat> he really went out there like he was uh, an underdog from the start. Right. And like 24 hours before, he was the presumptive favorite. Like right. everyone, he... Like 538 had him as like, I think it was like one, like two in five chance of winning. So basically like a 40%, which was by far the highest. Uh, And then now he has dropped to one in five chance of winning and Sanders is up at one in two. So it's not a thing where he's just like, you know, underdog little guy. It's a thing where he was the behemoth. He was the empire and he squandered that. Well, Well, his game plan was just to show up. Right. He was just like, look, I say I'm running. They're all going to come because they think I'm Obama. And right. that's what that's my messaging, basically. Yeah. And then now he's kind of freaking out because he's he's sharpening his sort of pointed attacks at other people. Like when he goes at uh, Bernie, he's like, you know, and the, he, he's labeled himself a democratic socialist. And you don't think Trump's just going to keep hammering that in? I mean, that's like saying so he's, he's for his argument for his own electability saying if it's if it's Bernie, then they're gonna weaponize this idea of like socialism, communism, and then he goes and Mayor Pete, you know, uh, it, it's unbelievable. This guy has no experience outside of being a mayor for a town of a hundred thousand people. I mean, like the way he was talking at one of these uh, rallies in New Hampshire, you could see him being like sort of like, "What the f- guys? Yeah. It's me, Joe Biden. You're gonna talk about these other people? I'm the I'm the one. If we're still talking about this electability thing." I have the most name recognition, but it turns out I don't have as much support as I right. thought I did. Yeah, it seems like his – I think people are reacting to the fact that his whole – like he he makes the most sense as the mainstream media candidate because his message is the mainstream media th- – like what the mainstream media covers is this is a horse race, here's who's winning, here who has the best shot – and he, his whole message is, I have the best shot. Yeah. It's not, it has nothing to do <laughs> with it. It's not like, like, hey, my message will inspire people and right. energize them it's, to vote for I, me. I'm going to win. You think Trump's going to beat these other guys. And it's just like, I don't know. It's a, it, it seems like it's uninspiring. It seems it like it ties into the same stuff that, uh, you know, blindsided the Democratic National party uh in 2016 and that blindsided the mainstream media in 2016 yeah because they're like just show up dude you're a bigger name right it's like that's how this shit works yeah and now i think but this is the thing when you and then you look at like elizabeth warren or bernie they're 
their their messaging is about like what they will functionally do as a president yeah. to energize people to be like I can support that vision rather than the guy who's like hey it's a bunch of malarkey in DC and I'm an old <laughs> guy and I've been there a while so we're boys. you know we're going to be okay me? yeah um and th- I think that's what uh, I'm sure the Biden campaign is realizing now cuz they completely underestimated like what what a setting out a proper vision for what your presidency would look like um, how that like affects your support. Yeah. Well, so this has all been very kind of muddled. And I mean, it's clear that Bernie has kind of pulled close to even with Pete as we're closing in on 100% reporting. Uh, and now the DNC is calling for a re-canvassing of uh, Iowa, which means like a re- essentially a recount of Iowa. So like the only possible way to ensure less momentum for the people who showed out in Iowa, Bernie and Pete, is to do a recount to make sure there's no settling in on a final narrative. And that that's what the DNC is calling for. And it's starting to seem like that might actually be the only way forward because people, the New York Times is reporting that there, uh, there are still like all sorts of issues. Uh, more than 100 precincts reported results that were internally inconsistent that were missing data or that were not possible under the complex rules of the Iowa caucuses. So it it's just still now that they've got a hundred percent of the results counted or accounted for or close to a hundred percent, it's still just a complete fucking mess. It's and just, they have to do it over again. What a fucking nightmare. Right. As if the Democrats can't look fucking dumb more. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> That, that was perfectly perfect fair. <laughs> well, put. as if they can't look more dumb, more. <laughs> this, like, the whole thing under the, it gives so much ammunition to even Trump too. Yeah. When he's like, "Look at these motherfuckers! They can't even sort their own shit out." Yeah, and then it's also it's really frustrating for people who are trying to participate in this primary, looking at the the leadership within the party and being like. Hold on, like this, you fucked up with this app. Now you're trying to re canvas. There's all this mixed shit. It's it's completely fucking up everything, and it's all self created chaos. Yeah, it's not even like there's no even like well Russia really got us this time. <clears throat> you know this is just like no y'all are this this is this is just fucking. And it's extremely a, a worrisome. It's just like we've had four years ago. All right, let's just. No infighting. We just gotta get we gotta get someone elected over Trump. Yeah. And from the get go, we're just not doing it. Boom, of that. immediately. Um uh, uh look, you guys come to your own conclusions yeah. and fight knife fight it out on camera. Yeah. So let, let me just read some of the inconsistencies they're seeing. Cause the New York Times is saying that it doesn't indicate a bias in favor of one. Some of the inconsistencies may prove innocuous, and they do not indicate an intentional effort to compromise or rig the result. For instance, there is no apparent bias in favor of the leaders, Pete Buttigieg or Bernie Sanders, uh, which is, I don't know. Like, I'm not worried that the DNC is going to uh, intentionally skew things in favor of Bernie Sanders. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not a thing that, like, I haven't made up my mind that this is all intentional, like, because obviously it makes them look fucking stupid and incompetent to have like this many fuck ups, but it just seems like they are, the end result is somebody that they are not at all confident with. We like their spiritual leader, Barack Obama was quoted as saying, if Bernie starts pulling away with it, so we're going to have to do something, which sounds like very 
foreboding now. I think he was talking more about like him throwing his weight behind something, but like it kind of goes to the the mindset of the sort of establishment Democrats like when it comes to Sanders. So I'm just it's concerning that as Sanders pulls even with Buttigieg, now they're coming out and being like, well, we got to do a recount. And it's just like that your messaging couldn't be more fucked. Yeah. Like your me- like your timing on all of this. Like are like are you trying to get people in the Chapo subreddit to like claim that you're part of a conspiracy? Like what are you doing? Right. Like it seems like their messaging around this was almost designed to uh, instill the least confidence possible in everything. In everything. It's really yeah. I don't know. I mean, I part of me. Late at night, as I smoke my blunts watching TV, I'm like, "What's, what's really going on here?" <laughs> right. And then part of me wants to pretend I'm still living in a functional system of governance. But again, I think this is this is the thing that's all always sort of taken out. Like the context is missing when you look at the messaging of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. They're they're talking about like really trying to restructure how money moves and how power moves within this country. And I think they present, uh, I think, to varying degrees, uh, different levels of disrupting the system or the status quo. And I don't know if they're, if, and this is that sort of fear of what those presidencies look like, like motivates this kind of weird shit or not, or that's operating on everyone's subconscious or on the media's subconscious on some level. Uh, but I have... I don't know. Like I like those two as candidates because they are actually they're actually identifying and diagnosing the issues within the country. Like not enough candidates, or at least the ones that I get excited about, they need to be talking about why are there two like realities for people in this country? Like there's right. haves and have-nots, right. and that's not how it was. Ask your fucking grandparent; they could have supported a three-child like nuclear family with a job as a janitor. In right. the 50s and 60s. Right. Why isn't that the case now? Yeah. Why do I need nine jobs? It's confusing, unsettling. Sorry, I'm distracted because it looks like uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to get Draymond or uh, Andre Drummond for literally nothing. Whoa. So that's big. That's Where, is Tristan going back to Back to kitchen uh, table <laughs> issues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can talk about all that now. Right. But I, yeah, I, I just feel like there's too many people. I mean, this is... Kind of like when this was happening to the Republicans in 2016, where it was somebody was appealing to the part of the country that they don't talk to. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of the mainstream media was like, How are they going to stop him? What are they going to do to yeah. stop him? And I, feel, I was thinking that too. Yeah. I'm like, The RNC is not going to let this shit bang. Right. Yeah. Like, oh. And I feel like the DNC is more willing and capable of pulling some wild shit. Uh, to because they wait. What do you mean? Of just like you know, get finding ways to get in Sanders' way. Oh, the DNC. The DNC. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think the difference is right with with Trump as president. Even though he might not fit the definition of what a Republican is, he's still gonna you know fucking hold white supremacy down. He's still gonna hold the wealthiest one percent down. Right. Still gonna hold Wild Wall Street down. Right. So they're like, fuck it. I mean, like, maybe yeah. I mean if this guy's doing well, as that doesn't Trump really... was becoming like a big uh like the presumptive nominee, he was behind the scenes meeting with all the big donors. He yeah. was meeting with Sheldon Adelson and the Koch brothers mm-hmm. and 
there was like the some Mercers. Texas guy that the New Yorker did a profile of like this dude who's like one of the biggest donors in Texas who was a never Trumper. And then the RNC like arranged this big meeting with him and Trump. And Trump was just like, hey, I'm just a regular guy, man. Yeah. I'm going to help. I'm going to hook you up. There's going to be huge tax cuts. And boom, he was a Trump supporter. No, and I, and again, like, and he Bert doesn't. Sanders <clears throat> isn't going to do. He that doesn't shit. disrupt no. the like the the lifestyle right. of the people in power. Yeah, potentially, like you put you start putting wealth taxes on things and wiping out college debt or these other. There are people who are like, oh, that doesn't really work for me. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you know, there's much different forces at work. Yeah, and the mainstream media, meanwhile, seems to be kind of coming around to Trump in a couple like. I don't know. I I was shocked by the way the end of the impeachment uh, was covered as just acquittal on like the in the headlines of the USA Today, the Washington Post, just like Trump acquitted exclamation point like <laughs> like a spinning the, newspaper in a movie, right? Yeah, <clears throat> and it's it's like the New York Times tried to add some context about like how it was uh, you know split along partisan lines, but it was it's still just completely removing any context from the conversation and it seems like that is i don't know it, it should maybe say the senate disgraces itself right. and sets new dangerous precedent that a, a president can do whatever the fuck he wants if he thinks his re-election is in the interest of the country right that's a long look but maybe they, they, cut they, down they the words. it's the media they treat it like it's a movie like they we're treating this like he's He's like a bad guy in a movie, like a villain. He's actually, he's a bad person who's right. ruining people's lives. Well, I like, think maybe this is their way of both sidesing it, right? They're yeah. like, well, it's not false. That's exactly right. It's you a know? huge moment. Rather than yeah. saying- both sidesing it, it's a big moment, and it is like they like to cover things as like exactly like a movie, like high drama. It's yeah. like he's acquitted, like big news and biggest turn yet. Not just wait to see what this dude does now, right. knowing that. He's literally, we're in the who gonna check me boo phase right. of this presidency because he was failed to be checked. Yeah. yeah, And I think that's really, to me, the most frightening post-acquittal thing that's going on. I don't, I can only imagine the fucking video he posted where his like presidency went into the year fucking 10,000. Yeah. You know, where it's like, it was playing, uh, whatever, just a, there was like a Time Magazine cover that said Trump 2024, and then it goes down 2028, 2032, 2036, the year 10,000 Trump forever. Another one of these like memes that somebody made, and he reposted because he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. I love that idea. I love that. And I'll be be able to stay alive till the year 10,000. Yeah. Fantastic. There's advancements in medical technology. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is just, it's... Like we were saying, even off mic, right? Like a lot of these media outlets, they they live and die by their subscriptions and their advertisers. And one of them comes out too far spicy. Unfortunately, we're in a world where the truth it can be too spicy sometimes. Right. Yeah, that they're like, oh, look, just let's just play it down the middle and just say what happened and not like warn people like what the potential dangers are. Or if we do, we'll have one person come in, get their opinion. It'll be one. 16th of what the actual material is and then we'll keep it moving yeah people don't like clicking on reasonable headlines you know what i mean <laughs> right yeah i guess they want boom this thing happened yeah that just happened i'm surprised usa shit. didn't say he did that yeah exactly <laughs> and we're close to that though. yeah right i mean yeah once <laughs> jesus christ i mean yeah i'm sure there are plenty of publications who had to think in their editorial rooms they're like 
do we not want to like invite the ire of like his supporters in our community? So we go like, ha, 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 Teflon Don. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. What's going to take him down? Right. Um, all right. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, there, there's an auteur in the world of advertising whose work I didn't realize I was such a fan of. Uh, I didn't realize these two uh, projects were linked. So there's this guy, Peter Arnell, uh, who w- was responsible for the Pepsi uh, campaign, the pitch doc to, uh, from an advertiser about the redesign of the Pepsi logo to make it so that the wavy line does not go down the middle of the circle, but it's like off to the side a little bit. Genius. Uh, I just want to, I do want to. I mean, look at that. The yeah. he, he is ingenious, you know, from taking it from the regular <laughs> to just kind of off to the side squiggly. My man's printer was weird. That's yeah. what happened. So uh, <laughs> one, one of the pages I just want to read to you guys. Uh, the header, breathtaking. Wait, what, what is this? This is this is from the doc that they oh, presented to, to Pepsi, Pepsi when they're like, as they were like, "Here's why you're paying us twenty million dollars, and this is why, and we just like tilted your logo to the side." Right. <laughs> uh, so head, header of one of the pages, breathtaking creation of identity: colon the Pepsi universe. Mm-hmm. On one side, it says universe expansion. Okay. The universe expands exponentially with, and then they just like throw in a bunch of like equation shit, million (laughs) miles per hour. And then they have like a globe thing, X equals one light year. On the right side, the Pepsi orbits. And it's the old logo. It's the old logo. Dimensionizes exponentially. Pepsi planet, old logo. Pepsi Galaxy, like <laughs> twenty different Pepsi logos orbiting around one another. <clears throat> what's well, hemispherical? The new one. Tem- yeah. I see what's going on here, Jack. Oh, okay, hemispherical. It. Okay, it's expansion. Uh-huh. Yes. we're going now to th- a three-dimensional plane. Yes. Uh, so on the left side, x equals one light year, x equals two light years, x equals eight light years, uh, and it's just the same picture gr- made bigger and bigger. Uh, but on the right, it's Pepsi Planet, just the old logo. Pepsi Galaxy, the new logo orbiting around something. Pepsi Universe, and it like they made it into a, an atom that yeah. where all the like quarks and uh, electrons and shit are the new Pepsi logo. Uh, and it is, it's just I breathtaking. Mean, I wonder anyone breathtaking <laughs> bullshit. If anyone is actually familiar with astrophysics, maybe this does make sense. But Not in a terms, chance. but no. I'm just saying maybe like. In where if you're just using the logo to represent like electron motion or something like that, but what does that actually? But it means fuck all to why the you change the logo. And also, you are having to like just make up what the what the original Pepsi logo looks like yeah. on the side. <laughs> like that's all people made with up. money. Yeah. That's all made up. I mean, look, you know the, how these meetings go, right? Yeah. You know, like you get in there, you say something smart enough and right. like trippy. They some people be like. Oh my god, that well, was right. fucking genius. It's trippy shit said by people who don't have the mind for trippy yeah. shit, so they are just like that's that has the sound of like something smart. Yeah. But they don't have the imagination to like hold the idea of smart and like trippy and like sort of out, it was outside like those the box early, together. Like early Jaden Smith interviews. Right. 
when he would just say some wild trippy right, shit. Right. You're like, you just overheard some adults say that. Yeah. This whole pitch deck is big Jaden Smith energy. Yeah. Like <laughs> really one hundred percent. Yeah, su- super nice dude. I'm sure. I think like, now his intellect is catching up to him as he gets older. But I like, think he's going to be our next, pr- <laughs> our next Sagan. great president, <laughs> our next great uh, astrophysicist, physicist president. Uh, no, but uh, I'm sure they were very nice when they presented this deck because they got millions and millions of dollars. When just was this? To it was like early 2010s, I think. Yeah. Damn. Um. So that is from a a guy named Peter Arnell. Uh, he's also responsible, uh, well, first of all, Gawker did a profile of him where they talked about, uh, uh, the 15 worst bosses in New York city. <laughs> and he is apparently wow. up there. Uh, the guy with the galaxy brain? Galaxy brain guy. <laughs> oh, who would have thought? Yeah, yeah. I'll just read some from the, from that profile. Uh, he... Uh, once he freaked out in a meeting because the CD did not work in the CD player, so he took the CD out and smashed it into pieces on the conference room table. The IT guy who was standing behind him ended up going to the hospital because the shards from the CD flew into his eye. Uh, when you go to a meeting in his office, he makes everyone wait at the door, then directs each person where to sit by hierarchy and whatever mood he's feeling. Oh, fuck which that right that off. really resonates with the Pepsi uh, pitch doc because it's all about like his v- idea of like universal organization, millennial vibes, like the yeah. as as the light years expand exponentially. It's like uh, all right. Was man. the Pepsi redesign considered a failure or is just like a laughing stock once people got a hold of this material? Just a laughing stock yeah. once right. people got hold of the material. Because I think most people were like, okay, fine. Yeah, we didn't, yeah. we didn't care. I'm not what buying more ever. or less Pepsi because you move the right, squiggle right. over. Yes. Uh, but anyways, another piece of work that I hadn't realized was his. So Tropicana used to have a very recognizable uh, carton. And it was they were the only... Like they were the first to get to fresh squeezed orange juice. Really? They, they, yeah, they did it by. It, it's wild how they did it. They created these giant vats. They look like big, like things that you would assume like gas is being held in, like natural gas. Right. But it's actually giant vats of orange juice that have all the oxygen sucked out. Like they can hold your orange juice there for like years. Oh, because it doesn't like oxidize. It doesn't no oxidize. Whoa, nothing. Nothing okay. bad happens to it. The only bad thing that happens to it is tastes like shit. It it stops. It loses <laughs> oh, really? all its flavor. Yeah, yeah, it loses all its flavor. So okay. what Tropicana had to do was so you're still drinking fresh squeezed orange juice or technically it was yeah, squeezed. It's just squeezed from three years ago. Uh, it's three years old, but it hasn't you know it hasn't been touched by oxygen, so it's fine. It just lost all its flavor. But then they added this thing that is like a flavoring. Uh, it's like the essence of orange. It, <laughs> it has nothing. It has yeah. nothing to do with the taste. It's all scent based. So if you oh. can't, if you can't smell your orange juice uh, from Tropicana, it won't taste like oranges to you. What I feel you, like I've had well, that when I had a cold. But if you don't yeah. have your ability to breathe, though, that affects your your tasting ability. Though, no, too. but like I have, like I know people whose sense of smell doesn't work. Yeah, like who had like some damage. Or oh, something you're saying if you're. Yeah, got it. And that that affects your ability to taste things, and like it's all like olfactory is like more uh, tied to like what you think things taste like right, than but what you a, realize. But what about the new factory? That's right. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, Tropicana <laughs> had the game locked just with this 
carton that was an orange with a straw in it. That was genius. Yeah. That's with the genius, little like barber simple, pole perfect. striped. Yeah, That's with a barber pole striped. I, strip. I remember that the is... commercials. I'll be like, I remember trying to drink an orange like yes. that as a kid. Yes, they like that communicates every fucking thing you need yeah. to know. Love it. So this dude comes in <laughs> and changes the carton to be a glass of orange juice. That's it. Like just a big glass of orange juice right, on like the a side. Near wine glass. Yeah, it looks like a wine glass. Of. So it doesn't even look like the orange juice that you're used to. Uh, and the Tropicana logo going up the side. It. I remember being like, did they get rid of Tropicana orange juice? Yeah, like, like, what the fuck the happened same? to Tropicana orange juice? Yeah. And then, like, because he also fucked with the logo. Uh, they lost $33 million <laughs> in sales and immediately had to change the design back. Uh, oh, they just went right back? I, yeah. I, th- I think they went pretty much back. Oh, like wow. close to being back to what it used to be. Right. Or at um, least having like an orange on right. it rather than like yeah. an obscure- An obscure glass of orange juice. That could be any orange right. juice. Like any, it could be from concentrate. Oh, shit. Yeah. They just went back. They literally just went back. Yeah. Like, give me the orange with the straw in it. Yes. <laughs> Stop fucking around. <laughs> yes. Um, hey, so they anyway. tried it with that like minimal design. You know? Yeah, no, it would have got you points at like Art Center, yeah. right? You know, I felt like that wave was happening though with like Unique Low and all these like minimalist type companies. Right, and he, it's just like, don't mess just with their work. Yeah, it just so. doesn't work for that. Yeah. Right, we're not looking for like beautiful future forward eight uh, X light year design yeah. right. from uh, our orange juice cartons, and also. It wasn't even that, a good design. I wonder what that deck looked like. If he was saying the Pepsi thing was all about, you know, atomic subparticles and shit like oh, that. I'm sure. It was. He was like, nah, see, the future, people will not actually be drinking oranges with a straw <laughs> inserted into it. Right. What we they need will to be, be doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They we will all be drinking our, our orange juice in the form of a mimosa. Yeah. yeah. So it should be a champagne flute. Yeah, that is what it evokes is mimosa. I wonder if And for the him, coloring isn't even good. Yeah, it doesn't look like orange. Well, I mean, I don't know if the, you know, we don't know exactly what the colors are. We're going through a screen. I just want to be fair yeah. to him from a color pro- uh, processing level. But. Twi- this is a courtesy of Monosynth on Twitter. So shout out to them. Uh, let's talk about the Oscar campaign. Uh, the Oscars are this weekend. Uh, we've talked before about how studios launched these elaborate advertising campaigns in an attempt to influence voters. I didn't realize how elaborate. They they got and Hell just yeah. how up their own asses they got. Remember we even talked. Remember Maisel Day in L.A. Fucked yeah. the whole city up when they Maisel were like, Day. Yeah, for to to promote uh, marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Amazon like teamed up with a bunch of businesses in L.A. and were like offer people 1965 prices on everything. So it's what like you get a manicure for like a nickel, yeah. get a hot dog for like ten cents or yeah. some shit. And then at one point there was a gas station in Santa Monica that was serving up gas for like pennies on the dollar. And it caused a full-blown disruption. (laughs) And they're like, okay, we shouldn't have done that. Right. But so this year's Oscar contenders, Joker paid for sponsored content on Variety, uh, which is an entire series of articles highlighting the genius uh, of... Joker. But that's pretty standard. Sad murder clown. Like you get the hot... Because it's an industry rag... You, like you feel the the thinking is we're gonna get directly to our audience by doing like a four page spread that looks like it's in there, but then the fine print says advertisement on the bottom. Yeah, I mean it's it's still fucked up, and also like it's weird on Variety's behalf. Well, I'm I just think a Warner it. Brothers backing is gonna be a lot different than a Parasite backing. So right. Like, 
the market, yeah, I mean, a, a clearly better movie again, bias, but uh, you know, is gonna get isn't gonna get as much advertising dollars to be like, hey, let's just buy the magazine. Right. I feel like that's where the trouble yeah. comes in there. One one of the articles about uh, Joker literally opened with a quote by Gandhi. Oh God. Gandhi once said, the true measure of any society can be found in how it treats its most vulnerable members. Mm. The I mean, filmmakers of Joker have created a piece of art that is startling in both its cinematic elan and its compassionate portrait of society's lost souls. Uh, another referred to Joker as the hangover director, Todd Phillips' magnum opus, multiple times it, it did that. Uh, and then there's also a... Uh, because you love movies campaign for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, and just making it seem like it's a movie about movies, which I guess all Tarantino movies are, essentially. Yeah. But it's a circle jerk about filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Netflix really, uh, you know, they're new to the game of trying to buy Oscar wins. Uh, so they went, they went in this year. Uh, so. Uh, instead of just placing ads in industry magazines, they literally created their own industry magazine mm -hmm. just to highlight their content. There's, it's called Q Q U E U E. The cover looks like Eddie Murphy saying, "Hold up, Netflix, this isn't the best idea." <laughs> like his hand is Hold up, up and like, I know you're paying me seventy million dollars, but, but <laughs> is this the best move? Uh, two separate podcasts from uh, former entertainment journalist Chris Tapley and Krista Smith. Uh, who now work as consultants for Netflix. Reach out to me, Netflix, if you're looking for other entertainment <laughs> consultants. There doesn't uh, even have a, a con like a article from Roxanne Gay in there. Yeah. Wow. No, they, they it's got it. like they created a Pulling out all the magazine stops. that I would maybe look at. But uh, on a single block of Sunset Boulevard, there are three looming billboards promoting uh, The Irishman in uh -huh. quick succession. Uh, local TV stations have run 30-minute infomercials oh, featuring uh, Robert De Niro <laughs> and Marriage Story uh, Scarlett Johansson just before primetime. What the fuck are There's these There's a week-long pop-up museum at the Four Seasons Hotel that memorialized uh, their top awards contenders. Uh, they spent well over $100 million just advertising these movies to the handful of people uh, who vote on the Academy Awards. Mm, well... I mean, it's more than a handful. It's a couple hundred, right? Right. Well, um, I guess the logic is like they'll spend, you know, five to twenty on an like normal studios might do that for their marketing. So it kind of it seemingly adds up that way. But I think they're Netflix is just in a sort of different position in terms of how they they need to motivate people to look at it too. Yeah. Like their thing is more being like, no, nah, Netflix is a thing, guys. Right. More than like yeah. where people from the actual studios like consider this film. We're gonna yeah. buy a bunch of ad space the traditional way. And Netflix like, oh, we are also relevant, right? And it seems like uh, for all of that investment, they may only win two awards. Uh, that's kind of looking like on average, that's what they're most likely to win. And uh, the Irishman, which is just, there's a. In Los Angeles, there's a billboard for the Irishman every, every... Uh, two blocks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, not even good moments from the Irishman. Just Half like... the time, I'm confused what it is. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Oh, Irishman? Why? That's... Irishman, yeah. New, <laughs> Irishman. new Marvel movie, Mar Irishman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Marriage Story, I see everywhere, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm, watch, I'm going to look out the window right now at a Marriage Story billboard. <laughs> Literally. He just did. There it, it is. Happened. 
But yeah, why, when they find out they win two awards next year, will they continue to do this or will they shave some of that money off just to make more good movies? Right. They're in a weird spot. Just like that's what I actually give them some legitimacy over this past year because I did enjoy most of those like actual like I was finally uh, convinced that actual movies come out on Netflix like, right with yeah. marriage story like you know just keep finding those directors and convincing them throw them the, the, the usual rates to make those movies and come out on Netflix like mm-hmm. that's the best campaign right and I think they're just it's weird because they're kind of doing the thing where you know because last year right all the a lot of filmmakers were being like I don't know if Netflix really should be in contention they're right. a streamer and like they're just getting around Wasn't the rules Scorsese yeah. saying I think that? Spielberg even has something to <laughs> yeah. say like a lot of them this you know, year they're Scorsese's entrenched in their old cool. shit right. right yeah um and so because of that like they're they want to fit in with the regular crowd but really they're positioned to do the cool shit like make aroma you know what I mean mm-hmm. like yeah not aroma make Roma um yeah. and other films because you know, I, Tropicana I just, makes aroma. Right. Yeah. I just like when I, you know, the UCLA annual diversity study on film and television came out. Well, just the film report came out just now. Mm. And when you look at what's going on, you like you need something like a Netflix or someone who isn't going to use the traditional rules to determine yeah. what kind of content they make. I mean, look, they make a, all kinds of shit because they're spending money out. I don't even know where yeah. they're creating money from. But like you look at. Just for example, I think one of the more more damning things, right? And everyone talks about Oscars so white. Yes, there like the report shows there's a uptick in women of color, people of color, women uh, participating on camera in uh, directing roles and writing roles. But the real shit you see is that at the higher level, the the people who work at the studios, that shit is not changing. Ninety one percent of C-level, C-suite positions at the very top, the highest the highest executives at a studio. This is going from major to mid-major studios. Uh, 91% are white and 82% are men. Jesus. And then if you go down a notch from C-suite to just exec, senior executives, 93% are white and 80% are men. Then even go slightly down more the org chart and you see that the film unit heads, 86% white, but only 69% male. Oh, wow. So we have... The the real shit is coming at though from those people who are at the levers who are greenlighting shit and being like, let's develop this, let's not work with this person, let's invest in this creator. These are like you know when you see all that and you couple that with you know the kinds of films uh, that we're putting out, I do see like the tremendous value of a Netflix who's just going to be like, yo, you know what, like maybe they have the metrics to understand that it makes sense for them to make a movie like this, right. but they're also sort of prioritizing good shit from time to time at least with some of the original series they're coming out with yeah no for sure i mean for somebody to be metrics focused it it, that's probably a good thing because a lot of like basically all of the sort of residual uh you know white male centrism of the entertainment industry actually is like it doesn't make sense. It, no, it makes for worse movies and less successful movies because they don't mm-hmm. speak to half of your consuming public. Right. And exactly. again, even when you look at box office like domestic ticket sales, yeah. twenty in twenty eighteen, fifty percent of those ticket sales for six of the top ten films were from people of color. Yeah, in twenty nineteen, minorities bought fifty percent of the tickets of the top nine out of ten films. Yeah, so like look. I mean, just off of that, you'd be like, okay, well, based off of that, huh? Right. 50%? Yeah. Huh. 
people of color are overrepresented in the the movie viewing and movie purchasing, uh, ticket purchasing audience, and they're wildly underrepresented in like the people who are making the actual decisions on what movies get made. It's literally a scene in Dolomite Is My Name where they go and watch the front page, Mm -hmm. uh, and then Eddie Murphy and all of us, and it's sold out theater, all white people except for Eddie Murphy and his friends, and they go... This isn't funny at all. And then they go and become successful making movies for the underrepresented. Like, yeah. yeah. Literally a movie in one of their biggest movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I don't know. There's just like, it just does, those messages don't reach the top level. Right. Right. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll all be wait with bated breath mm. as to what the, is it a hostless Oscars again? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. I think that's, that's that was, a better that was way to go. Better last year. Let's. Mm-hmm. Hope it. Uh, I'm acting like I'm gonna watch it. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, good for them. Really looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. Well, at my I just Oscars re- party. I just remembered oh, fucking man. today that they were happening. I As I read shit, I was like, right. Yeah. This weekend. I'm gonna be going with uh, a lot of NPR hosts to an Oscar party where we're all in an Oscar pool and it's very competitive. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's how we do Oscars. Uh, we have a winery tour on the line <laughs> the for <wine> the winner. <laughs> You're going to take the Napa Valley wine train. <laughs> well, CJ, it's been a pleasure having you, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, hear you? Well, we got the other podcast, The Greatest, uh, on iHeartRadio um, that comes out every week where we discuss the, the greatest uh, things in sports, uh, greatest comebacks, greatest uh, dressers, greatest – I'm trying to think of other ones we got coming up – greatest beefs. Um, a lot of it's uh, we interview our kind of comedian friends and celebrity friends and anyone who's interesting. But uh, yeah, check that podcast out. Now, is greatest dressers all time? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Are there Which any? Kind of tough. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Because only in the last, I'd say, decade. Has, yeah, has like, people started dressing cool? Yeah. Vince Carter. Vince Carter. <laughs> I don't know. He used to wear like a robe length silk coat. Yeah. And I was Did like, he really? Oh yeah. Like, like double early. bootleg jeans. Yeah. The two th- early two thousands. Remember Shaq wore yeah. like a knee length coat, like a yeah. purple suit. Oh, Whoa. Man. <laughs> Who, Clyde Frazier. Who's uh, in the conversation for best dresser? I mean, I would say Westbrook. I would say Iverson just because of his significance and yeah. You think of, you like Russell Westbrook the way he dresses? Yeah, I do. Huh. But I think, and then like I think Harden would put himself in the same class, but Harden just goes for you know uh, the absurd. I right. think Westbrook has like an actual like aesthetic, and like you present him with wild stuff, he'd be like, mm, "That's not part of my vision." Sure. You know, I, right. I like I like what he does, but yeah, I think Iverson is just like important, and I mean, he, it got me a Filipino kid to wear giant jerseys to my all boys Catholic school <laughs> in the early 2000s like it's school? reaching me uh, in Pennsylvania Cathedral Prep oh okay played Kobe's um, high school Laura team Lower Marion yeah Lower Marion for mm. the state cha- championship so whooped his ass yeah. put up 30 on him no well they it was fun the story you're 43 right that I remember yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't no I didn't play in it but um, it was my future alma mater but the story that happened there was that Kobe you know obviously was going to go to the NBA and we were just like this Hoosier ass team, you know, right. a bunch of little white dudes. And no one thought we were going to be competing in it at all. But we were up at half. And then Kobe complained to the ref at halftime that the ball was slippery. And then they switched it out and he scored like 17 in the second half and they won. Oh, wow. It was just like, oh, that I got the Kobe story before he even right. entered the league. Mm. Yeah. So. Ball yeah. slippery. I do hate a slippery basketball, though. Yeah, but if you always say that when you miss the a other shot. T- yeah, yeah, exactly. You're always like, ah, oh, ball slippery. Yeah, what kind of ball God. is it? What is this? <laughs> uh, it's a rubber. Basketball. <laughs> uh, 
Awesome. Is there a, a tweet or some other work of social media you can oh, enjoy? Sh- you know what? Um, I, yeah, I sent it to myself last night. It's from a comedian named Dan Licata, uh-huh. um, who is just ridiculous. Um, and he writes for SNL. I, I don't know if I'll even be able to do this justice by reading out loud. Okay, so um, he just tweets out really stupid stuff. And so he tweeted... Every night I sit at the comedy cellar table in a children's high chair, drink wild cherry Pepsi, and every now and then say, y'all play too much. (laughs) (laughs) And just also, if you don't know who he is, just look him up. His Twitter is insane. And it's so funny to know he writes at, you know, one of the most important comedy institutions. And um, he writes on Joe Perra's Adult Swim show. Just a big fan of him. Miles, where can people find you and what's the tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray uh, and also on 420 Day Fiance, the other show I do with Sophia Alexandra talking about 90 Day Fiance. Some tweets that I like. Uh, one is from Aparna Nunchurla at Aparnapkin says, I will never get over the fact manslaughter with alternate pronunciation is man's laughter. Oh, shit. <laughs> so stupid. Um, and then another one. Uh, this is from uh, at Maddie Smith. It's like there's this tweet that says, meet the shadow team, like the people who put the app together for the Iowa caucuses. And he just put, why was a UCB improv team entrusted with our democracy? <laughs> the photo is very that is <laughs> improv team oh, vibes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a laptop themed uh, improv team. Everyone mm-hmm. clutching their laptops. Yeah. Plaid shirts, right. everything. Yeah. Uh, sorry. They're called iOS, improv OS. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> tweet I've been enjoying uh, Jeremy at Jeremy Monjo tweeted it would be cool if Parasite inspired Hollywood to start making mid-budget thrillers again instead they're probably just going to cast Song Kang Ho as the secondary villain in Ant-Man 3 oh. yeah that would be something and then Cody Johnston tweeted Wormy Slanders declaring victory after the quote votes were quote counted disgusting uh you can find me on twitter at jack underscore o'brien you can find us on twitter at daily zeitgeist we're at the daily zeitgeist on instagram we have a facebook fan page and a website dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as the song we ride out on miles one second uh, this is from a producer. I, I don't know how to say the name. It's in brackets. It says BSD.U. And I'm pretty sure it's B-side. I don't know what the U is. I believe this producer is from Canada. Uh, but I love the beats. You know, I just like a little sample-based hip-hop. You guys know that. Uh, and this one's called Late Night. And it's just got, you know, just uh, that head note. You know? That head note. You know what I mean? Love it. All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this episode. We're going to be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and then back next week with a whole nother season of the podcast. We'll talk to you guys then. Bye. Bye. Bye.